Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to SportsEthos.com Fantasy NFL Today Podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up, and welcome back to episode five of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, J.P. Sticko. Episode five is simply a piggyback off of episode four, where we begin to talk about fantasy veteran NFL players that lost stock or value in fantasy thanks to the NFL draft. In episode four, I spoke about three players. I spoke about Michael Carter, Deontay Johnson, and Josh Jacobs. All three of those guys lost value thanks to the NFL draft. If you want to know how they lost value, go back and listen to episode four because ain't nobody got time for that, and I ain't going back to explain myself. So go back and listen to episode four because I got more information that I got to feed to you guys. But before I get to that, I do want to go back to my Twitter and talk about a few questions, some polls, and a conversation that I had with a Twitter follower. So I'm going to start off with the conversation. Breaking news came out that Sony Michelle is signing a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. And I immediately went on my Twitter and I said, quote, avoid this backfield. Gaskins, Edmonds, Mostert, Sony Michelle, Ahmed are basically copy and paste backfield. These guys are simply going to share carries. Miami obviously wants to run the heck out of the ball, but that doesn't mean I want any one of these guys. Gaskins is pretty good. Edmonds is pretty good. Mostert's pretty good. Michelle's pretty good. They're all just pretty good. I want nothing to do with that backfield in terms of fantasy purposes. So after I tweeted that out, about 10 minutes later, one of my followers responded with, nah, pick the best back. Sony Michelle is going to be a steal. So I, I I wanted him to elaborate. What what do you I asked him, what do you mean by steal? What round are we talking about? And he responded back and he said, I'll bet he makes it to the seventh or so in 12 teamers. Does that sound pretty does that sound pretty reasonable? And I said, No, that doesn't. I said, he's all yours. I'll take Sanders, Rojo, Pollard, Hunt, all those guys, my people, have an ADP, which is an average draft position of the seventh round or beyond in PPR. This guy is simply living the hype train and thinking that Sony Michelle is some world beater because he just won the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. If you remember correctly, Sony Michelle was a quote-unquote bust in New England before he went to L.A., and in L.A. he got a shot. But now that he's on Miami and now that he's going to be sharing duties with multiple running backs, I would absolutely rather have Sanders for Philadelphia. I'd rather have Ronald Jones. I'd rather have Pollard and I'd rather have Hunt. And I responded by saying, I'd rather have those guys because they seem like safer plays and they all, every single one of them have a higher upside. And what I'm looking for at my running back three, four, my bench running back, which this player would be, would be upside, right? What player can, can go off and be an absolute steal in the draft. Sonny Michel is not going to be a steal in the draft, in my opinion. He may have a decent season, don't get me wrong, but he's not going to, he's not going to be some, some guy like, oh, man, I can't believe I drafted him so late in the draft. 
He's not going to be that guy. He could be a good bye week replacement, but he's not going to be a steal. So to say that Sony Michelle is a steal is absolutely wrong. It is false, especially if you're getting him in the seventh round. I could see if you're getting him much later than the seventh round, but the seventh round, you still have Sanders, Rojo, Pollard, and Kareem Hunt all sitting there. Give me any one of those guys over Sony Michelle. So now that I got through with that conversation that I had, I do want to go through a poll, a couple of polls that I that I posted on my Twitter that um, were pretty interesting. At least I thought they were pretty interesting. The first one was, who's top dog in the NFC East? Uh, the options were Barkley, Sanders, Gibson, Zeke, and Pollard. I 100% thought that votes were going to come in with to Zeke slash Pollard and Gibson. But the numbers show that 45% of the people voted for Barkley, 18% of the people voted for Gibson, 36% of the people voted for Zeke and Pollard, and 0% voted for Sanders. The reason why I'm shocked with that is I simply saw this question posted somewhere else um, on, in the fantasy community. So I thought I'd throw it out to you guys because their leading vote getter was Pollard by like a long shot. And their second leading vote getter was Gibson. And their third leading vote getter was Sanders. And their fourth leading vote getter was Saquon Barkley. But in my poll, Barkley leads the way, followed by Pollard and Zeke, followed by Gibson, and then followed by Sanders. So I'm pretty interested. And I asked for you guys to comment why you um, picked these guys. I didn't get any comments to the why, but I could probably guess... um, Majority of you people are Giants fans, I'm sure. And that's probably why Barkley was there at number one. But to say that Gibson doesn't get no love to me is kind of shocking because Gibson's getting a lot of love in the fantasy community um, before they obviously drafted the rookie to go to um, Washington. But I still think he's going to have a pretty decent year. And Sir Sanders to get 0% of the love is also kind of shocking to me considering he's got zero backfield competition in Philadelphia. But I do love the fact that Barkley finishes one. I am going to be bullish on Barkley. If Barkley is sitting there late in the second round, I'm stealing him. If Barkley's sitting there early in the third down, uh, third round, I'm doing backflips. I am running outside, taking my shirt off, jumping on my, my daughter's trampoline, and then running back inside. I'm going to be thrilled. And I'll tell you right now, Barkley could be the steal of this draft. I'm going on a limb and I'm saying Barkley could be the steal in PPR in this draft, even if he's drafted middle of the second round. Why do I say that? He could potentially finish RB1. Oh, man, I can feel the tension. I can feel the tension. I feel the cold sweat in the back of your neck. The anger that I feel when I say that Saquon Barkley has the opportunity to finish in the top three for PPR fantasy football running backs this year. But my question to you is, why not? Why can't Saquon Barkley, who has been bitten with the injury bug, but when he's healthy is the most explosive player, one of the most explosive players in the NFL, not finish top three in PPR? One argument can be he's not getting enough carries. Uh, well, that'll be a false argument. He's got nobody behind me, behind him. Who's he got? Booker still? Is Booker still his running back? He ain't getting carries if Saquon's healthy. What about the offensive scheme? He's the whole offense. 
Saquon Barkley's going to be their whole offense. And if he's not, the ball needs to be fired. You can't put the ball in Daniel Jones's hands 90% of the time and think you're going to win. Because Daniel Jones, as of right now, he's shown he stinks. Saquon Barkley's getting the ball, whether it's screen passes, handoffs, pitches, dump downs, anything. He's going to get the ball in space. So why can't Saquon Barkley finish in the top three for fantasy football running backs this year? PPR, that is. He absolutely can. I would absolutely take a chance, and I'm going to if he's still there, take a chance at, on Saquon Barkley if he's sitting there middle to late second round. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. I potentially have top three PPR running back on my team drafted in late second round. His upside is through the roof. Of course there's risk. Of course there's risk. But I'm banking on he wants to get paid. He has something to prove. And I trust this man's work, work ethic. If he's washed, then he's washed, right? Then I take that fantasy team, I crumple it up and say, you know what? I took a shot because in fantasy football, you need to take a shot for, in order to win. You need to take that risk. And for me, Saquon Barkley is an absolute risk worth taking if drafted appropriately. Late second round, early third round would be absolute gold. Okay, now that I've given you such a hot take, I'm going to move on to a question that I received also on Twitter. This question is, can you please give me, uh, there was no please in there, I just added it in because it made it sound nicer, but can you tell me a sleeper tight end for this year, PPR? Absolutely. My number one sleeper at this moment, which can change, is Cole Komet. Tight end, sleeper, that is. Cole Komet, think about it. I'm going to get more detail in a second because Justin Fields is on my veterans list that lost value thanks to the draft, but Cole Komet is literally the Chicago Bears' number two wide receiver. Darrell Mooney and then Cole Komet. If Justin Fields is going to be successful, which I think he will, he will be good this year. Not great, he'll be good. Cole Komet has to do something for that offense. Cole Komet was very good in college at Notre Dame. Cole Komet can be a very good receiving tight end in the NFL, especially in the red zone. Remember that. So to answer that question, as of now, this could change. My top sleeper tight end is Cole Komet. I got to move on, get to my episode. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there.
strawberry fields forever. Since I just talked about Cole Komet, I'm going to jump right in and mention Justin Fields. Justin Fields lost value thanks to the NFL draft. And what I mean by that is the Chicago Bears did not draft a wide receiver with their two second round picks. They went defense. Okay, the Chicago Bears drafted a cornerback, Kyler Gordon out of Washington, and Brisker, who was a safety for Penn State. I actually love these picks for the Chicago Bears. They took who they felt was the best on the board at that pick. This is a rebuild. This is not a quick fix. Chicago Bears are not good. One of their weaker spots, which is usually their stronger spots, was that secondary last year. They were one of the worst secondaries in the league. Now, with these two draft picks, two very talented players in the corner and in the safety, really help that defensive backfield. Does that help Fields? Absolutely not. Not one bit. But the Bears are committed to getting better. They're not fully committed to worrying about Justin Fields' fantasy value, guys. I, I'm sorry to tell you. But with that being said, it, it begs to differ that you have a young rookie. Well, I guess you can say he's a rookie. He only played a couple a handful of games. We have a second-year quarterback that needs to gain confidence and needs to have playmakers around him. And if you're not putting playmakers around him, it could be dangerous for the long run or the long outlook for your quarterback. And in this case, Justin Fields. They did draft Jones Jr., wide receiver out of Tennessee. He was a transfer from USC. And he actually had a pretty good year. This guy's a speedster. So he caught 62 catches for 807 yards uh, and had seven touchdowns. He was also a special teams monster. He actually was co-SEC special team player of the year alongside Jamison Williams, the wide receiver for Alabama. He ran a 4-3, 140-yard dash. But the best thing about Jones Jr. is that he can line up anywhere on the field. And what I mean by that is he can line up on both the slot and the outside receiver. And I think that's the type of player the Bears needed. I am very high on Darrell Mooney this year. Yep, you, he will be high on my PPR list this year. I love Mooney. But this Jones Jr. really helps Mooney because you can move him around to help dictate the coverages in which Mooney will have to face. Okay, so if you put a 4-3 speed guy in the slot and you run him directly at the safety's face, that safety's going to have to run with him, thus leaving underneath routes under the safety more open for Darrell Mooney. So I do look like I do look to see if the Bears can capitalize on Jones Jr.'s ability to play both slot and outside receiver so he could help Darrell Mooney. Jones Jr. is very talented with the ball in his hands. He's a yards after catch type of guy because of that speed and he's shifty. So I don't really think he's a bad wide receiver. I just don't think he's a receiver that's really going to help Justin Fields in terms of fantasy upside. They did, however, the Bears draft four offensive linemen. That is certainly going to help Justin Fields stay healthy. That's going to give Justin Fields time to scan the field to get the ball out of his hands. But again, he needs playmakers, and they only have one or 
two if you're going with my sleeper tight end, Cole Komet. However, it's not all loss for Justin Fields. There are a few veteran wide receivers out there that are still looking for teams. I'll give you three. Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Put one of those guys on the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields' stock rises. Julio Jones is a shell of himself. Jarvis Landry's getting up there in age. I mean, that guy's taking more hits than uh, a running back does, and he plays wide receiver. That guy gets crushed on every play, but he gets back up. It's tough, tough as nails. And OBJ, people think OBJ is is a product of the system in, in L.A. and Stafford. I still think he's a fantastic wide receiver. I don't care what system he's in. Put a veteran wide receiver on the Chicago Bears, and Justin Fields' value goes up. So the question will be, can they get, can they land a veteran free agent? I'm not sure. Um, the Bears are not going to be good next year. They're not going to contend for a Super Bowl. And these three guys, Julio, Jarvis, and Odell, want to contend for a Super Bowl. So they got they got to flaunt some money. They got to find some money. They got to create some money. Um, but Justin Fields' value, thanks to the NFL draft, did nothing but stay the same, which in reality means it dropped. The next guy, or shall I say guys, on this list is going to be Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. These two guys lost value thanks to the Seattle Seahawks drafting Walker III out of Michigan State, who many believe could possibly end up being the best back taken in this draft. Chris Carson is obviously dealing with a serious injury that he suffered in 2021, which was last year. And when Pete Carroll was asked just recently, about how Chris Carson is doing, Pete Carroll responded with this. We won't know for some time here, and we can't predict it yet, so there is little bit of uncertainty that we are waiting on, Carroll said, and that's in terms of asking, will Chris Carson ever see the field again? This is a scary injury, and I was a big Chris Carson fan. The guy ran hard every single time he got the ball, so my prayers go out to Chris Carson, but the draft of Walker third is telling me the Seattle Seahawks are very concerned with his injury. So everyone now is pointing to Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny rushed in 10 games last year, 119 times for 750 yards, uh, which was actually an average of 6.5 yards per carry. That's shocking. Did you guys realize that? Penny averaged 6.5 yards per carry? Seattle doesn't trust them. Seattle doesn't trust them. They drafted Walker the third for a reason. They took a high draft pick on Walker the third in round two, early round two, on a guy that they want to feature. Rashad Penny, your time is going to be limited in Seattle. There's no doubt about it. Now, will Rashad Penny have fantasy value this year? Absolutely. Drew Locke is currently set to start for the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's going to try to pound the rock. They don't have a choice. They're going to pound the rock, and they're going to try to feed the ball to DK Metcalf, lock it here and there, but they're going to pound the heck out of the ball. So Rashad Petty does hold some value, but 
That's not what this podcast is. This episode's about. This episode's about players that lost value. And Penny, who was slated to be the three-down workhorse in Seattle until Carson came back, is now relegated to possibly running back two in Seattle. He'll probably start off as running back 1B. He'll slowly fall down to two. The word on the street is Walker the third is catching passes in practice. Did you guys see that? Did you guys see those videos where he's catching the pass on the sideline, gets upfield, he bobbles it? People are going crazy over this catch. Get a grip, people. I've seen 65-year-old men in loafers on Thanksgiving catch those down in the local park. Was it? Come on. The guy bobbled it and then caught it and then got upfield. I, I don't think Walker can catch. Do I think he'll learn eventually? I, I, I do. He's an athlete. But to say that catch was anything to brag about is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Walker the Thursday will be a fantastic, fantastic running back in the NFL for years to come. But to say that that catch was anything miraculous is insane. So Rashard Penny could have some value in the passing game if he can learn how to catch the ball too. So do I think Rashard Penny has value? I do. But do I think he lost value thanks to NFL draft? Absolutely. So the last guy I'm going to talk about episode five. And again, guys, I'm continuing this on Friday. I think these are very important episodes, the ones that you need to pay attention to. Because if you go to a website and they're not constantly updating their rankings, these guys are going to be sitting in the wrong spots because they did not update their rankings. Make sure you're paying attention. But the last guy that I have on this list for today is Amon St. Brown. Oh, I loved Amon St. Brown. Last year, he had 90 catches, 912 yards, and five touchdowns. But that does not tell the entire story. Listen to these stats, my good people. Week. 12, 10 catches. Week 13, 8, 14. Week 14, 8 catches. Week 15, 9 catches. Week 16, 8 catches. Week 18, 8 catches. That's 51 catches in the final six weeks. Weeks. That's an insane number. 51 catches in six weeks. But not only did he have 51 catches, those 51 catches went for 550 yards and five scores. I was high on St. Brown in the beginning of the year. He was my top, one of my top sleepers. And he decides to go off late in the year just when you needed him for the playoffs. And then the Detroit Lions go and do something like draft Jamison Williams, the so-called number one wide receiver in the 2022 draft. I think it's a hell of a draft pick, but in terms of St. Brown's fantasy value, it hurts tremendously. St. Brown does not play for Aaron Rodgers. He plays for Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not going to be able to feed and throw enough to feed both St. Brown and Jameson Williams on a weekly basis and Hawkinson and Swift. He just won't. So the value for Amon St. Brown dips, in my opinion, pretty drastically. I saw him as a high-end PPR wide receiver two before the draft. I see him more as a low wide receiver two to a wide receiver three currently in PPR. However, there is still hope. 
Amonse Brown is a Swiss Army knife type of player. Did you know last year he lined up as receiver, outside receiver, slot receiver, and running back? If we can see, if we see that trend continue in training camp, I like Amon St. Brown's value more as a wide receiver two than a wide receiver three. However, if we don't see that Swiss Army knife type of deployment for St. Brown, I am scared that St. Brown is going to disappear on a few weeks while they feed Jamison Williams and vice versa for Jamison Williams. He'll disappear when they're feeding St. Brown. It's hard to trust a wide receiver in a almost 50-50 split when your quarterback is Jared Goff. All right, my good people, I'm going to end episode five right here. And episode six on Friday, I will continue to talk about more NFL veterans that lost fantasy value thanks to 2022 draft. If you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter. I'm answering questions on Twitter. Get on there. Get involved. Become part of my community. Okay? Help me help you win this league. Help me help you win your league. I don't know how I can help without getting questions for you. So all the questions that I get asked, I will answer here live on the podcast. This has been an absolute pleasure. Y'all have a wonderful work week or the rest of the work week, I should say. And I'll see you all back here on Friday. Remember, don't be a mush. Later, guys.